Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Existential Expat. On today's episode, I'll be joined by my good friend and course mate, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining me, Sunny. How yeah, are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Hell glad yeah. to be on the podcast. I'm glad to have you. Um, so why don't you start off with like telling me a bit about what your upbringing was like? Like, where where are you from? Like, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it's it is one of those questions. Like, when you say you're inter- an international student, um, coming to Brighton, obviously, like while while I was living in Lebanon in the Middle East, I was I lived there eighteen years of my life. Uh, I'm a British citizen, but I've never actually properly lived in England. Uh, living in Lebanon and moving to uh, to Brighton was quite a big change. I really wanted to be in England. I was always certain of that. Like when I was in school, I was always like, yeah, I'm going to be living in England. I'm going to be, go to university in England. I might grow up in England, uh, start a family <laughs> in England. I don't know. It just really was what I wanted to do. When I actually when I actually came to coming here, it was quite a, a big change because my upbringing back home was very different. Culturally, the Middle East is extremely different to England. People are different. Um, food is different. Weather is different. Um, the way people speak, uh, sayings, you know, expressions, just everyday things are like just completely different to what, to, to what I'm used to here. Mm. Um, Do you have an example of that? I can, I can go on about examples like, like culturally the West and England is very much individ- individualistic. I'm not saying this is a bad thing or a good thing. I think it's quite nice how you can be yourself here. But I'm used to, in Lebanon... Um, and in the Middle East, in the most of the Arab world, it's very family-based. You are your family. That's like one of the biggest things, I think. Um, here, people actually separate from their families. Back home, you visit your grandma every weekend. It's just normal. You could have like big family gatherings every weekend. Like tens of people, like even distant family, just coming together and joining to, for food just to talk. And it, it is quite, that's what I really like about it. On the other hand, like it's so different and maybe quite nice that here you are your person individualism is like quite especially in brighton i feel like brighton's like people are all like quite free and they have their own they can express themselves however they want it's it's quite nice and liberal in that sense uh that's like honestly one of the biggest examples i can go on about humor like sense of humor like Mm. here maybe it's more sarcastic than there Mm -hmm. there it's more like maybe negative to Mm -hmm. a sense or more like i don't know there there are lots of differences like even conversationally like yeah just i can imagine the same way where you where where you're from it's I don't know, it's it's kind of, um, I don't know, because like in, in Denmark, we're, I think we're very influenced by the UK and by America. Um, I've grown up with watching like uh, UK TV or American TV. Um, so, and, and I think Danish people from, from what I've experienced actually really like UK humour because it is that sarcastic and, mm-hmm. and Danish humour is very ironic as well and and very like we we really take the piss out of 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 anyone like we'll we'll make fun of anyone which is you know some people might find offensive but i find funny yeah, <laughs> which is and, you know and like you're used to it i guess that kind of exactly like, exactly so in that in that sense i don't think it, there's as much of a difference and same in weather same in like Denmark is also like i think you know in, in individualism is, is like really important as well and like but one thing that is a bit different and that that i found like after moving to the uk that 
<clears throat> in Denmark, we have something called Yentelon, which is okay. the law of Jente, or Yente, or whatever. <laughs> of Yente, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, and it basically means that you're no better than the next person, like, like than, than your neighbour. Like, okay, everyone's wow. equal. So, there's not as much, like, also, I feel, it's, I guess it's very personal, but I feel like over here, you're more encouraged to go follow your dreams, to go and, you know, do what you what you want to do and really do that where mm-hmm. in Denmark it's a bit it's a bit more like oh wait why why should I be able to do that because I'm no better I'm no better than the next person so why would I be the one to do all these things oh does that often like peg you down does that like yeah demotivate in a sense yeah think? I think so I think for me at least obviously there are people in Denmark who do incredible things and do exactly the same things as, as over here so in a way it's a bit of like it's a bit bullshit but it's it's I think for me, it's something that's actually really ingrained in me and really like, oh, wait, why should I be able to start a podcast? Why should I be able to become oh, <laughs> become no. a singer or whatever, whatever I would want to? Uh, so, yeah, in that sense, it's, it's okay, different in wow. that way. Wow, I, that's, an, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a European country, I can imagine, though, like, as you said, there are a lot of similarities, similarities yeah. like uh, all the individualism and... Mm. and uh, freedom of speech freedom of expression all that stuff yeah, yeah. exactly I, I love a strong europe i love a united europe and yeah unfortunately we can't have good things no <laughs> can't have everything can we in england now no, god so tell me about the time that you then moved to the uk like what how you were 18 or? 18 yeah. yeah and was that for uni specifically for? yeah that was literally for uni specifically um so I grew eight, 18 years of my life in, in uh, Lebanon, just to give some background, like <laughs> in Beirut specifically. Uh, I, in the 2006 war, I evacuated when we fought Israel and I came to London um, because we have, our family has a, has a house in London. We've got family in London. Mm-hmm. So we stayed there for a few months. But other than every, almost every summer coming to the UK, for summer holidays or for the reason of evacuation. Um, I lived 18 years of my life in Beirut, in Lebanon. And since I was small, um, I always wanted to come to Brighton mm. since I was maybe 12, 11. I always wanted to come to England, that's for sure. I Every summer when I come here, I, just, I was just in love mm. with, the, with the country entirely. But I started to really love Brighton and just dream of it every time I was in Lebanon. Mm. When, I, when I was actually in Lebanon, I really wanted to be in Brighton. And uh, when I came and when I was 18, it was like, this is this is my dream. I'm going to really enjoy uni. I love the campus. What's there? What's there not to like? Um, and uh, when I actually did come here, I have to say I made friends faster than I thought I would was uh, than I would because um, and I, I was surprised because I felt quite different mm. to sense. I don't know, like I didn't. I didn't feel like I'd be able to integrate, but I managed to make friends. And surprisingly, currently, it's my second year, and I'm living with all English people, mm. and mostly English people. And um, I thought that'd be quite tough, and I'm quite happy with how I did in that sense. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so socially, I feel like I've done quite well. But at the same time, for the most part, I'm not going to lie, I don't feel like I belong here mm. for the most part. Yeah. So, so what, what is it about the UK that makes you feel like you don't belong here? Mm-hmm. Like... Um, yeah, it's, it's what, uh, 
you know, I don't want to be negative. It's just people are very different here. Mm. Like English people, it's not. I'm not. It's not criticism at all. It's just. Um, I think it was Nietzsche who said it once. <laughs> I, it was, it was Bringing some... out Nietzsche. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to do it. My dad loves Nietzsche, and, <laughs> and I'm trying to understand Nietzsche a bit. But I think it was Nietzsche who talked about object objectivity in the West and how people are very much too objective to the extent that it's their like one goal and that's what they want to become, and that makes. Uh, I don't want to sound. <laughs> I don't want to sound rude. You know what I mean? But because because I do I do like still love England like. Brighton, Brighton, specifically Hove is like my favorite city in the whole world. Mm. I love Hove. Like mm. I can go on about it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just people can be a bit colder mm. than they are in um, in the Middle East yeah. or in Asia. I don't know. Mm. In the Middle East, I'd say because that's what I'm used to. Like um, I feel like back home, people are a lot more emotion based, family based kind mm. of. Uh, I think I think what's really good here is yeah you can talk you can talk more about like uh, yourself your emotions your mental health issues but like to the extent where like it's more loving like even the language of the Arabic language like in conversational Arabic I'm not talking about like like normal Arabic I'm talking conversational Arabic you'd always throw in words like Habibi which means my love or Yaburne which is like which is like um also like my love <laughs> <laughs> just gonna go my love my yeah, love yeah. it's just like to a friend or like or like even like some random person you see on the street, like another guy I see on the street, I'd say, hey, my brother. I feel mm. like, if I feel like here, it's a lot more conventional to that, in that sense. That's mm. been one hard thing to do because I've, because like, I, I was talking about individualism earlier. Mm. I feel like people might be a bit more self-centered here. Mm. While in Lebanon, which I also mentioned earlier, people are a lot more community-centered. Mm. We are, um, we are, uh, like we're based on what our family is sometimes our religion is which is obviously sometimes not a good thing mm. like we're based on what we were born into but still it gives us that sense of community that we belong in a larger group rather than just mm. our own concerns and our own wallowing in our own like issues when we actually care about what's around us yeah i think that's been one of the hardest things to be honest yeah um sure like humor and it's been hard like I speak I, to my friends back home. I'd speak in English mostly. Not gonna lie, mm. I went to an American school, mm. but I would always throw in like an Arabic expression, like, mm. like, but but here you can't do that. It's just like certain things I have to adjust to, mm. and you never know. Like in a few years, like all these things I'll get used to. I actually really love, but like so like so far I have struggled a bit, in that sense. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. Um, something I caught up on was uh, you mentioning like mental health and stuff. And how do you do you think like in Lebanon, like what what is there a lot? Is it stigma stigmatized like being mentally ill in any way or or like how do is it as much in the media for example as it is over here, um, like talking about mental health and and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, no, it's not. Uh, that's, that's a. You see, like I feel like so far I've gone on about like, uh, I've gone on to put Lebanon quite a positive light. But to be honest, like England is the West, and I know the West gets a lot of criticism. Like, like oh, uh, it's quite popular to be anti-West if you know what I mean. Like mm. oh, I hate America. I hate mm. this. I hate. I hate that. But really, the West is so far ahead. 
mm. and so many so many aspects um um sure there are things i don't like about it but there's mm. they're so no, ahead like mental health here i think people complain but i think obviously there's always room for it to be better like for them to be more supportive of speaking out etc etc um but compared to lebanon it's where it's very much a stigma i think england does a very good job like mm. in lebanon like there'd be times like i would definitely have these issues and i just wouldn't express them and coming here even to this day like i struggle to express myself just because i felt like it was a stigma there mm. you know what i mean like i felt yeah. i felt always bad to say that i was feeling down like mm. if i said it was down and people were like why and then like i'd say like and then it just kind of be disregarded you know mm. or like there'd be like a solution for it like mm. oh go do some yeah. sport like, so, like i was gonna ask you as well like because you expressed that there's this whole more like community feel in in lebanon and like you know being with family and and being yeah just being together do you think that that because of that maybe there's less uh in um what's the word there's just less people with mental health issues or do you think that that's that there's just as many people with mental health issues but they just don't get to talk about it you know that's why that's a good question i, I thought i thought that like yeah, I thought that like everyone was happy at school, and I was I was an odd one out. I'm not gonna mm. lie. Like I'd, I'd be at school, everyone just seemed happy all the time, and I was like, mental health issues don't really exist here. Like, whoa, mm. like what? Yeah. And I didn't even really know what mental health issues were back then. That's how like little talk about it is. Like I didn't really understand it fully at all until I came here. That's when I started to understand that it really was a thing, and most people are like who have issues, like do have problems with it. Um, I feel like yeah, people get absor- absorbed into like a community and. But but I don't think there is less mental health issues. I feel like people all struggle. There's no exception. Mm. Like, no human's ex- an exception. But it's just that people are um, afraid to talk about it because mm. it's just such a, it's such a stigma. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, just, I just haven't... I never really opened up about anything uh, back home. Mm. And here, like, I've tried to open up, but I've also, like, been uncomfortable too, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Like, yeah. How how was it in Denmark? Was it was it? Um. Well, for me, I've grown up in a family where it's always been talked about. I think. Um, Good. but not until recently, I've really dealt with my own struggles. I think. Uh, and like finally, like getting the help I would need for that. And I think, I and I don't know why that is. Because I think like I've always had things. That was going on inside but i've always just been like oh, nah, it's not it's not for me but i mean <laughs> this is for something to talk to my uh, uh, therapist about but uh, <laughs> this can on, also on be like that yeah um no but it, it's i think um like people in my family have had different mental health issues and and so i've always seen it as fairly normal really mm-hmm. and i think when i went to high school in denmark suddenly I realized wow everyone everyone has something that mm-hmm. they're struggling with um and that's sort of helped normalizing it and um and I think there's a good focus on it in Denmark as well just like over here maybe maybe there's even more focus on it over here or maybe it's just at Sussex that there is more focus on it I don't know mm-hmm. um but yeah I've, I've, I've never felt unable to talk about my feelings and how I've been feeling that like, um, yeah how I felt um 
So, yeah. It's That's really good. So you just like, you feel like you can let it out whenever you like, you're just upset, you walk in, you're just like, this is how I feel. So you yeah. Feel that, I, quite, I, that comfortable I, with it. Yeah. I would say, so, like, if, if I go in to like, see my therapist, yeah, I will go in and say how I feel. And I think I've become much more open recently as well about how I'm feeling in different situations. But it hasn't, it hasn't always been like that. But definitely, like, I don't know, through... Mm-hmm. They're just trying to trust people, I guess, <laughs> which can yeah. be difficult, which can be really difficult. But yeah, the thing is, I feel like I trust people like I trust uh, I'm, like friends back home and here. I feel like I trust I trust them. But I I just don't know why I struggle so much to to like say say anything. I just like I just kind of like I like I, I don't know. I just like to. I, Maybe I just like to act like I'm everything's fine because that's what I'm used to back home. Like everything's mm. fine. We're mm. just all joking all the time. Yeah. But reality is so much more different. I'm yeah. just used to just kind of hiding it. I just like to act like put that image on, mm. which is like, oh, nothing affects me. But really, that's wrong, and it's definitely not how I feel. Like most of the time, mm. here and back home, like yeah. uh, I've had a lot of issues which most people don't really know about because some members of my family, mm. my close family. Yeah, it, but I, maybe there's like even a a difference because be, be, because of our genders as well. Like, mm-hmm. just bring it up on that level, God. Oh, no, <laughs> no that, that's true. That's huge. Like, yeah, not just culturally, but in that sense as well. Well, I've always felt like oh, I could just I could tell my friends like like my my girlfriends about how I, I would feel um, usually, but I can imagine that it's it's different. Some men, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm like, even culturally, like Lebanon might could be backwards in that sense. Well, it is backwards in that sense. Like, men is the 1700s perception of what a man is. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like you're masculine. Nothing affects you. Mm. You're, you're strong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, God. All, all that <laughs> Am <stuff>. I? <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, sure. Like, I'm. I have confidence in some things, but like. I, I'm also, like, I also have insecurities. Like, I think mm. that should be quite normal. And yeah, I've only realized that that's normal, like, maybe here. Mm. I started to realize it. Yeah. 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 It's good to understand myself, really. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of confidence, uh, yeah. you are quite confident, I think, or at least it seems so, when you play the piano or you play the flute. So mm. why don't you... you Obviously, surprise, you're my course mate. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. <laughs> yes. Um, so tell me, why, why why did you decide to study music? Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe why at Sussex Uni? Sussex, yeah, so basically Sussex was always where I was going to go. Mm. I applied to King's College, I got in. I mm. applied to Southampton, I got in. I'm not bragging. <laughs> yes, I you just, are. <laughs> <laughs> I did well enough to go to, um, on paper, what's a better uni, but I believe... The environment of Sussex was what I was going to uh, like. Was always in my plan, like whether I was going to do music or not. Um, just the campus. I I I would visit. I, as I said, I'd visit Brighton almost every summer. Um, I'd visit the campus because I just loved it so much. And um, for music, I think it's great. Like because um, you just have that free environment. You can walk around, you go on walks, you can think, you can brainstorm, go to a practice room late at night. It's just like a big campus. While if I went to let's say King's College kind of in a block of buildings separated around the city it's uh, pff, it could, could be kind of shit I'm not gonna lie mm. but um um I wasn't always gonna choose music mm. like going back to your question like yeah. I was stuck between journalism politics and music um 
to this day, I, I always used to love politics. Um, I the year before I actually applied, I came for an open day, and I uh, in Sussex, and I went to the music one. Um, uh, I went to the journalism one. I went to the politics one. Went to all three of them, and even after that, I wasn't certain. And it only took me to like a few months before before actually applying. I was actually leaning towards journalism at first. Yeah. I, I was really interested. I liked how it was so hands-on and everything. And I really do enjoy writing about current events, especially. Um, but I thought, like, as I've dealt with anxiety and stress, like, most of my life, I thought, what would, like, what do I really enjoy and what would make me, like, the least stressed? Or I feel mm. like I can do it as, like, more as a, more as a hobby. Mm. And I felt like music was the one. Music was the most freeing one. Yeah. Uh, seeing as I've like played piano since I was three, flute since I was eleven, um, and I knew it wasn't just about performance. I do enjoy making music, mm. so I felt like this was what would really like make me the least stressed. And in that sense, I honestly feel like I've succeeded. Like mm. most of school in the international baccalaureate, when I did the IB, um, I was so. <laughs> <laughs> extended essay and all that stuff like uh, oh god to, yeah. like all those all those like math doing math and science just felt so useless to me and like choosing music was such a good decision I think for uni because I feel academically at least like socially I still have a lot of struggles but like academically I feel like I'm a lot more relaxed mm. so I think I've made the right decision yeah definitely it's something I love so yeah and you're really good at it no thank you <laughs> you are yeah, definitely yeah. definitely so um what so do you play piano? You play flute? Do you play? Do you sing? Do you play anything else? I can't remember. Uh, so, uh, a bit of promo here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, here we go. <laughs> my album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. What, yeah. What's wait? Yeah. So you've got an album out, Sunny, right? Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You can. Yeah. Okay. You can have the previous part out. Yeah. yeah, I have got an album out. Uh, it's called Infinitely Endless, and I do sing on it. I've never gotten. I was in a choir. I was in the choir for a few years, but like when I was really small, I did like competitions as well. Believe it or not, but like I haven't taken proper singing lessons, so my forte definitely isn't singing. I'd say I definitely not. But um, you can check out my album, and I think I did an alright job on my album. And definitely I, did. And I definitely like like improved it in the days coming up to like recording the songs and stuff. And my vo- vocal definitely improved. Um, so yeah, check out my album Infinitely Endless, available on all. <laughs> All streaming services. <laughs> All streaming services. <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, I mean, I can go on. <laughs> Just please give me some streams. Yeah. <laughs> give the guy some recognition, please. <laughs> oh, God. But anyway. I've, I've done this before. Deja vu. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop now. No, that was great. Uh, no, definitely do stream it. It is actually genuinely really good. Thank I've listened you very to much. it. I have genuinely listened to it. Thank I really you. liked it. I trust so, you. Yeah, I d- yeah, you should. You should. I'm being genuine. Um, <laughs> if I didn't mention that, it's uh, genuine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so you play flute, piano, you sing, um, so, and you learned all that in Lebanon, I'm assuming? Like, when, when did you start hmm. uh, learning? Uh, when I was three. Oh, I said I was three, didn't I, earlier? I wasn't three. <laughs> I was just... Okay, I wasn't three when I started learning piano. I was seven, so mm. that's a big difference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I if I started learning at three, I think I'd be like, uh, I'd, I'd be at the conservatory or something, a national conservatory <laughs> of, I don't know what, Vienna or something. But no, uh, I started when I was seven. My dad taught me in Lebanon. Um, 
I don't take lessons with him anymore, uh, which is quite sad because he's still back home. But yeah, mm -hmm. so I basically le learned the piano in Lebanon, flute. Um, I started by self-teaching it because oh. I was inspired by self-learning it because I was inspired by Jethro Tull, a prog rock band. Guy, the Ian Anderson plays a flute and I really liked him. And that's when I decided I want a flute. I started learning it, started to get some lessons. They weren't very good. Eventually I got a, I got like proper lessons, like classical lessons. But yeah, all my education was literally in Lebanon. And when I came here and people started going on about like grade levels and stuff, I was like, um, I think I'll do them eventually. But like, I had a very different, like I, I wasn't doing lessons for the sake of like, I don't know, getting a number, mm. I feel. I was yeah. doing lessons to improve. And uh, I do have some confidence in that sense. Like I think I'm, I'm a decent flautist and a decent pianist. So I don't really need a number to prove that yet, I feel. But maybe I will take the proper exams eventually. Mm. But yeah, uh, learned, learned most of my music in uh, Lebanon, um, which something I really enjoyed. Like when I was small, like uh, I used to like always do try to do concerts and stuff. I used to really enjoy performing. I still do like solo and with bands and stuff. When I first started learning the flute, I used to walk to school. I was I was young, so don't judge me. I, was, I used to walk to school like playing the flute all the way through. So the bodyguards, the bodyguards still recognize me. Like I visited last year when I was like nineteen. I I visited and they still would bring it up. Like where's your flute? And that was like when I was like twelve or something. Like oh, carrying my flute and playing it. So that's really sweet. Yeah, it's something I've always done. I've, I've kind of become known for it in like my little community, which yeah. is nice. Well, that's really sweet. So, yeah. so, what was the music education like? Is it is it like, um, because like in Denmark, for example, I feel like, and over here, I feel like there's constantly like cuts on on music as well. And and but yeah, so so what what was it like for you? Is it because you you play classical? It was that something that you were that you that that was like the genre you always wanted to play, or was that more just like people telling you? To play that sort of genre, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I, I I see what you mean. Like, like what's the culture like? Like, yeah. like music music culture in Lebanon. Um, thing is, like, first of all, I want to say that Lebanon is a beautiful country and it's a great country. However, what the West has is a lot. Like Lebanon is underfunded. What the West is is maybe slightly underappreciated. But it's not underfunded. What you have in Lebanon is an extreme lack of care for artists, for musicians. My one of my flute teachers would get paid peanuts. She would mm. like spend twenty four hours literally playing the flute, teaching the flute, and playing concerts. Where she was like underappreciated, like just treated like uh, treated like an animal for slaughter almost, which is like horrendous. Um, uh, it, Lebanon's extremely underfunded in that sense. Um, it's a shame because there's, I've had I've met so many talented musicians there in my school and around the community watching performances and stuff. Um, the music scene in Lebanon, like, it it's very it's very varied because if you look, it depends what you mean. Do you mean like, do you mean like education or do you mean like what people listen to? Uh, education. Education. Uh, see, like, education is very underfunded, but it will be always be classical based. So mm. I was still classical on the flute and piano, not just because. It was what was um, what was honestly like. It's what's taught. You're taught like 
the Bachs and all that. That's normal. You're not really taught pop. But also because I believe it's the right way to go. I personally, I do agree with that aspect. Like, I believe in a very, 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 very strong classical background for every musician. That's If you get that, you can do anything, in my opinion. Uh, and you can't start by... Uh, you can... But you should always go back to classical. Like, if you're going to start by playing something poppy, I think you should go back to the classical roots or, like, try to do a bit of both, you know what I mean? Like, you can't leave out the classical aspects of music, in my opinion, because mm. that's that's the way I think you will, like, most best understand it. And that's, a, that's what, like... While education was like that, I believe it's also the right way to go. Mm. Um, t what people listen to, though, like, people don't listen to classical music. The class... <sighs> Classical music is like, it's the education, the, this very poorly underfunded education, and you'll get a few so-called celebrities playing and becoming like musicians in classical, etc., etc. But what most people listen to will be anything listened to in England, really. It's mm. uh, you look at the charts and you see Billie Eilish there. You shuffle, you find Billie Eilish, you'll find mm. Ariana Grande, you'll find Drake, you'll find. Every, most nightclubs that kind of music it's very modern in that sense so while it's like quite behind in its teaching system and that's like it's not just that they teach you classical music because I think I might phrase that wrong because here they'll teach you classical music as yeah, well yeah, they will yeah. 100% yeah. but there they'll teach it in a way that's past its time they'll tell you there's a certain way to stand certain thing to look at when you stand mm. you can't do certain movements while you're standing don't tap your foot mm don't move your eyes a certain way. Like, yeah. it's literally just, like, <laughs> oh. a certain angle you hold the flute, for example. I'm sure that's that's true yeah. in any case, yeah. but, like, it literally, like, like a mathematical angle. Like, it'll be, it'll, it was crazy. Like, mm. it's so backwards in that sense. That's because underfunded and there's, no, there's a lack of progression. The government does not care about the arts at all. And mm. so, in that sense, the conservatory, no matter how, people, how much people there will praise it and say, oh, uh, la conservatoire, how great it is. It's so far behind. You have so many great musicians there, but it's so underfunded that like the system that you're taught in is so strict, and I didn't enjoy because I was taught there for like three years, and I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy like going to the conservatory, like looking at white walls that were like tearing down, and like mm. learning in a system that I think is so outdated. Yeah. And yeah, I've started doing lessons here, to be honest, in piano and flute, and already it's making me enjoy it a bit more. And uh, it's just a lot more free. It makes you enjoy it while also like getting the things right, like yeah. getting the actual music right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Interesting, cause, um, very long-winded answer. But, <laughs> no, uh, no, it's cool. Cause I, I, one thing I noticed was how you feel like learning classical is like maybe the right way of understanding music. Could you maybe expand on that? And what, like, how, in what way will you understand music better through classical than you wouldn't through playing? pop music for example mm -hmm. is it more like music theory that you'll learn or like yeah what what do you think? i think it's theory and technique mm -hmm. i think i personally really enjoy playing pop music like it'll be it's fun like it's 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 fun and all but i think it's not to say that i just think it's a good way to transition from like if you what i mean is when you if you start playing pop music you can't really well you can but it's not the same transition from going from classical to pop mm -hmm. if you go from pop to classical it's kind of hard pop to jazz yeah you can do it pop to i don't know the, 
classical music is the best way to start in my opinion just because it will like help you branch out to other mm -hmm. genres and it's not saying that like if you start with pop music like that's it no just i say just like try to learn classical as well like, if you start with pop music cool i say in my opinion you should learn classic classical just to be able to branch out into like genres that you wouldn't even ever think of playing mm -hmm. like and classical itself i really enjoy it like mm -hmm. i think um i enjoy it but it also does teach you like a lot of technique stuff that you won't, might not learn with all other genres like on the piano like certain legato techniques or on mm. the flute like double tonguing like stuff you won't get like while playing a sheet of pop music or mm. or a piece of pop music by ear if you know what i mean yeah that that's interesting because i because i you know I've, I've always had a classical upbringing as well and i feel like i now lack a bit of technique when it comes to playing just pop music when it comes mm -hmm. to just playing chords and the guitar and yeah maybe it is simple enough for me to learn but <laughs> I, I don't I don't personally think it is actually because I've been so used to reading music off a sheet and maybe that's just because I'm not a good enough musician who knows that's fine um but yeah I've been so used to reading stuff off of sheet music but now I just find it really difficult to like improvise to just to, to really maybe properly just listen to stuff and then play it and like I think there's a lot of things that I'm actually lacking and may and that might mm. be my own fault for not trying to explore more and maybe maybe I could get there someday but yeah I don't know I just think I think that maybe like as you also saying like both are actually quite important to learn because you do get the different mm -hmm. techniques as well so i see what you mean maybe it was i don't know maybe it was the way you were taught like mm. like were you maybe you weren't given the extra because like classical music i feel like as i said in lebanon it shouldn't be the like backwards like it shouldn't be the sense that you can't be able to improvise and that kind of thing yeah so maybe you weren't given like the exercises like yeah I, like, I, yeah you, you wouldn't get like exercise and like sight reading or um no i did i did do sight reading and i can do sort of sight reading but, but improvisation no no really... not not that much of that um and it's only like I, I got like i had lessons a year ago uh where i was taught more of that and i found it so difficult like mm -hmm. I, I was just like this completely different way of thinking for me when playing because I've, mm -hmm. I've just been used to like learning this uh you know seeing seeing what's written there playing that twice systematic yeah, I mean, yeah. very systematic okay yeah um, that's i think the problem with lebanon as well like education mm. um so yeah um i don't know like you were saying court they didn't teach you chords either like properly. No, yeah. not, not properly obviously like the the you call them grips that i would have on the guitar would be mm -hmm. in chords but i wouldn't learn like oh that would for example be a c chord obviously oh. now i can see it better because i've had more of an education but i, I was never just taught that and i was once yeah. i remember once asking my my first guitar teacher say where i said like oh can i just just learn some chords and he was like no mm. like we don't do yeah, that you can't, here. you can't blame yourself <laughs> you can't blame yourself for that mm. like i feel like one of the biggest parts of classical music is they have to teach you about like like chordal chordal theory mm. right? that's like one of the biggest parts of theory and they should they should have taught you that so you can't mm. blame yourself for that mm. i feel like at times like uh, uh on the piano like i, I wasn't properly like I didn't properly uh, learn that either, mm. and yeah, and but I think that's that's like one of the biggest parts of classical training. So, mm. I think you need to get a proper classical training. Like I feel like uh, I didn't, but the, like as you said, like joining jazz bands and stuff helped me like explore. Mm. But like with the flute, I feel like I didn't get like, or like maybe even with the piano, like I I didn't get as much theory as I should have. Mm. 
um, but if it's done like properly, mm. like it is in England, I think like maybe I don't know. Mm, like yeah. it's 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 more it's well it's better funded, etc. etc. Mm. Then uh, it'd be more progressive, and you can actually like ex- explore those things if you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what what inspires you when you create music? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, oof. I feel like I've changed a lot over the years. Like, it's it's a tough one. I because like there's not one certain thing. I feel like I used to be very politically inspired. Like if you look at my voice notes, it's all the, all the lyrics are politics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but like let's let's look away from lyrics and like mm-hmm. subjects and themes and mm-hmm. talk about like inspiration as in like bands and stuff mm. if that's what you yeah want. yeah, yeah. That, uh, you can yeah. interpret it any way you want <laughs> yeah like um prog rock surprisingly was like my biggest one of my biggest inspirations uh genesis the band mm. um if you hear my album here's it sounds nothing like them but like my inspirations for for music are definitely like genesis still like my favorite band uh like a bunch of prog rock bands um a lot of classical artists, a lot of like avant-garde artists, just like Yandersen. Nothing dissonant. I, I despise. I actually despise dissonance. We're <laughs> <laughs> learning about modern music in Sussex, yeah. and I, I don't like dissonance. I just think it's really? yeah. That's interesting. I just don't think. Uh, I want things. I'm a control freak as well, so I, <laughs> I just don't like when artists like Schoenberg will throw. Uh, two random chords on top of each other and and, and call it art. I just don't... I, just, I, I personally... This is my very subjective opinion. Yeah. So my biggest inspirations are like all the... What I'd consider like great classical artists if we're talking about classical music mm-hmm. while I'm playing piano and creating music on piano, flute, etc. Um, uh, just things that sound good, you know? Something that really like lets your ears actually breathe instead of wanting to falter and mm-hmm. fall like a, sun, like a sunflower without the sun. <laughs> Like, like like Stravinsky. Yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. Um, uh, but if you actually talk about my album, like an inspiration, my, I started to become more and more like listening to chart music and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would say like more and more R&B artists, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Post Malone, I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like, if, if we think more in themes and stuff, yeah. do, you, do you feel like you get inspired from... from like love your, and stuff. Your love or like your life in Lebanon or like belonging for something. You see mm. what I'm trying to get at here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no. It's definitely, definitely like uh, the way, the person I am at that certain time and my emotions are what my music is going to sound like. So 16, 17 year old me, I feel like my voice notes, all political mm. themes. Every single one. Very socialist, very, until I, I used to be very, very left leaning. I started to like, shift recently mm. and um then like when i was 18 like 18 19 i would like talk about more things i used to struggle with like things i only things i don't didn't struggle at, with at the time but start to realize like my insecurities and like social anxiety stuff like that like ego um uh, it's like sometimes i'll have an ego but it's obviously just a mask of like what i really am you know what i mean like that's mm. what most of my albums actually about infinitely endless on all streaming services <laughs> Is about uh, is literally about like uh, my like how an individual uses ego as a mask to cover himself. That's like one 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 of my biggest inspirations. Um, 
especially when I was 18, 19, and I realized that's been like my issue most of my life. Like I didn't really have any real confidence. It was all just like fake confidence to like create some kind of vision of what I am, which mm-hmm. is like, it's not true. And then like more recently, um, I've been like composing stuff that's uh, quite quite longing for home so I, the only reason i started to actually write stuff about lebanon for example like things that are like uh, missing my hometown etc blah blah, blah. Uh, so songs in arabic even i was like i've never ever mm. i used to d- d- really read this like arabic music really? and so i started to like, kind of understand it now and i really like the the popular arabic music to an extent yeah so i've only recently because of my longing for home this is the person i am now because of my longing for home at this at this current moment in time I, I'm starting to write music about that. Yeah. See, what I, see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. I think that, like, for, like, our current assignment of writing a song, that's definitely also, like, a theme that I'm, like, like thinking about, like, longing for. Mm-hmm. Longing for home and, like, all that. Do you think um, you're going to write about? Yeah, I might write about that. I might, like... Because it's either that or it's, like stupid love songs <laughs> yeah but i think it's everything sounds cliche and i don't know i don't know how to write properly and it's uh it's just a mess i'm just a mess basically mm-hmm. but it's okay yeah so. i feel like lo- love songs are like the main thing that charts mm. i like i used to be very opposed to i think i used to be quite rebellious in that sense like i used to hate love songs mm. now i'm literally the exact opposite like yeah. i've started writing like <laughs> like love songs and yeah. yeah i used to be completely opposed to it but mm. like now i feel like it's quite nice actually yeah like to write that kind of thing yeah it is it is so speaking of love and and longing so how, how does it feel like whenever you go back to lebanon now it feels great mm. like this summer was the greatest summer of my life mm. like last summer summer 2019 um it's just different to living there um it's just like people say this all the time but the thing about lebanon unfortunately is you can go there as a tourist or like go there on a holiday and have have the best time of your life but living there is so different the reality Mm. is so different but yeah when i go there now it's incredible when i used to go and actually stay the year there i go on about how good it is but i felt like a prisoner half the time Mm. school car home traffic three hour traffic between like like uh, what should be like a five minute walk like we say traffic in in england but that's like literally nothing it's just mm. a joke like no one really knows but like, no one knows here what they have and mm. um before going back to complimenting lebanon how good i feel like going going back there now like seeing family and friends i want to say like i feel like people here don't realize what they have when they walk in the park they don't know what they've got they mm. kind of just acknowledge it mm. and then there's a lot of depression you're not not trying to disregard it but like i'm just saying like people a lot of people to drink here heavily for the sake of like forgetting their problems but like i i'm sure you have like you need to traveling is so important basically mm. it will realize it'll make you realize how much you've got that's what i'm trying yeah. to say and i feel like a lot of people would be a lot happier like if they traveled and like got out and so like just just be like realize how grateful you can be I like when I was actually living there it was not very happy for a lot of it like not just politically like being scared that like I don't know like a bomb will go off it's not, it wasn't even that bad like compared to what we were around us we're quite a good nation in that sense we're quite secure mm. and safe but 
just like social problems and stuff. I talk about mental stigma. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a huge thing. And I struggle with mental illness and I've never really opened up about it for most of my life. Mm. So yeah, living there is completely different. Um, when I go back there now, seeing family and friends is honestly the greatest thing ever. Just, I really enjoy the lifestyle, my, the lifestyle I live there, going up to the mountains. Here I feel like everything is flat in England. Mm. It's just like... <laughs> you just, think so? Everything's, yeah. a, everything's a landscape, uh, which I don't... go to Denmark then. <laughs> I, I would love to visit Denmark, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm flatter. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no mountains, <Yeah>. literally. <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. But I will visit for other... Or like, just to check it out. Yeah. I'm going to Geneva in a few months, and I can't wait just to see, yeah. like... In a month, sorry, to just to see like Mont Blanc and all mm. like the big mountains around me, but that's what I'm used to. So yeah, this summer I just love like, and this Christmas even I just love just seeing family and friends and just. I started to walk around there. I used to literally just be trapped between like when I was actually living there, just trapped between my car traffic and home and school. Mm. That's literally all I knew. Yeah. And then like maybe a restaurant every Friday with friends. Mm. Um, but now I actually walk around and I just love it. Just walking by the sea, just living there is like. A free man, I feel. It yeah. feels good having those two, those two worlds. Yeah. In that sense, like you can come, you can go back to the other one, see your family and friends, and you, I just feel like I've always belonged there. Like I sometimes didn't, feel, I most of the time didn't feel like I belonged in another one. Suddenly, I feel like I I love it. Yeah. And I just really just enjoy it, just being there. That's really interesting because I think it's it's kind of, well, of course, completely the same with me, but it's kind of like I have such a huge appreciation for Denmark now and like I really feel like I feel super Danish when I'm over here like just more Danish than I do at home mm-hmm. you know when I'm surrounded by other Danish people I do um, as well I feel more Lebanese yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a weird feeling and I, I love going home now because I really just like appreciate everything mm-hmm. that I'm around and I walk around Copenhagen I'll be like oh it's so beautiful like it's completely yeah. not like London but then I would come back here and I, you know, really love London as well and love that it's so diverse and there's so much stuff going on. But then love loving the quietness of Denmark and it's it it makes you feel I I feel very like you feel very lucky to like mm. be able to call both these places my home. Um, and and yeah. Um, do you do you think that? you will always go back and forth between Lebanon and the UK, like as in living in either place? Or do you, would you want to like find or stay in one place more? Mm. <laughs> so that's badly yeah. said, but... No, no, I see what you mean. Like, um, uh, the thing is, as I said about living there, like you don't, you can't, it's really tough, especially at the moment. Economically, we're completely to the ground. It's just the most corrupt one, like the third most indebted country in the world, and so corrupt people can't find jobs. So actually living there and staying there, I think would be quite hard for me, unless I'm like huge, like a big celebrity. Uh, I make it here. <laughs> yeah. I can't really see myself making it there. It's just so tough. It's just people there, like they're so brilliant, so talented, and they have concepts that I feel like a lot of. Yeah, I feel like if Lebanese, most Lebanese people, it's not. I feel like most Lebanese people who come to the West succeed. Like, mm. you can even talk about, like, uh, people who are, like, from more, like, second generation, third generation, like Shakira or Mika or Lebanese, like, artists, music, musical artists even, um, uh, great doctors, great, etc., great uh, innovators. They're all, a lot of them are Lebanese. 
Lebanese doctors are great, but when you actually live there, it's really tough mm. to actually make it. So at the moment, I can see myself looking for a career here in England mm. and then just moving back every once in a while uh, yeah. back home because I really do enjoy it. But to actually make a career at the moment, I find it quite tough to actually do it in Lebanon. Yeah, yeah, well, that makes sense. I've, yeah, I think with music as well, it's just... I mean, it's tough anywhere. It's tough anywhere, but to make it in a place where it's so underfunded and unless you make Arabic, Arabic music and you still have 1% chance of making it, then it's really tough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. God. (laughs) Why why did we do this, Sonny? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is hitting Uh, into the heart. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so what what are your plans once you graduate? Do you know? Do you have any idea? Uh... I would usually say masters, but honestly, I have no idea. Mm. Like, what about you? Do you? No, I mean, I would, I would usually say masters as well, but now I don't know because of Brexit. Oh, so true. now I'm like, what is my life? Yeah. <laughs> Who yeah, knows? Uh, no, I think I'm gonna go straight into work afterwards. Um, mm. Hope to work with like events or marketing. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like just being creative in some way. I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, see where life takes me. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Like, it's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I used to think masters. Now I think like, should I take a year off to travel and stuff? Yeah, I'll take a year not? off in Lebanon. Try like stay there a year. Yeah. And just, I don't know. There's so many options. So many options. <sighs> My whole life ahead of us. Exactly. <laughs> and on that note, so on that thank note. you so much for joining me. It was great to be here. I opened up about stuff that I wouldn't usually open up maybe about maybe and it was good yeah, yeah definitely so. and once again you can find Sunny's album infinitely endless <laughs> on all streaming services remember Spotify before you show this okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spotify Apple Music Angami YouTube even just check it out please I really need the money the <laughs> please pay this poor student <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs>